The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Well, happy Wednesday. Glad you're with us on WTMJ Nights. Big show. We want you to get involved. 855-616-1620. That is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. When you call in, Matt is back behind the glass. Be nice to him. You get to me. And if you want to text us, we always welcome those. Let's start with our text question of the night. Uh, are you swayed by the opinion of your favorite celebrities? 855-616-1620. The text question tonight is, are you swayed by the opinion of your favorite celebrities? Uh, does it really matter? To me, it does not. I don't, uh, I don't care. I'm not one of these guys who tell celebrities they should stay in their lane. I think that is wrong. But, uh, I also, I don't care. It's not going to change my mind one way or another. But I want to hear from you, and I'll tell you why we're doing that in, uh, why I'm asking that question in just a minute. Matt, how are you? you? Did you have a good weekend calling games? Oh, yeah. It was a good weekend. Very busy, but it was uh, good. Yeah. Did anything stand out? Did you have any highlight plays or any uh, anything where you feel, no pun intended, you dropped the ball? I don't think I dropped the ball. If you nice. play football bingo, where you have every possible outcome in a football game yeah. on a bingo card, and you were tuning into the Hobart versus Morton, Indiana game last Friday. And who wasn't? Then you hit the jackpot. Because we really? had an interception, fumble, kickoff return for a touchdown. We didn't have a safety, but okay. the final score was 62-34. to 34. <laughs> And if I told you that the team that lost the game held a three-score lead at some point during the game? I would think it was the Bears. Exactly. Wow. That is, did, they, did neither team bring a defense? Neither team brought a defense. They left them on the bus. Wow, that is crazy. You so that's a game where you get there's not that there's a lot of downtime anyway when you're calling a live sporting event, but if they're scoring that often, it's you're just talking nonstop. Let's just say a lot of bills were paid uh, via the amount of post score breaks we took. <laughs> it, it was it, it was wild just because also it wasn't a close game. The team that lost led 20-3 to at the end of the first quarter. Oh, my God. What happened? They just not come back out? I think so. <laughs> that is insane. Wow. Well, uh, all right. We'll see what happens this week. Where are, you at? Where are you at this week? This week, last week of the regular season, taking a breather, and then uh, we got playoffs the next week. So, uh, is it playoff time already? Yeah. But I'll actually be, I'll be at DePaul. Uh, over the weekend, uh, got Biggie Soccer UConn, and then uh, playoff time next week in Indiana. All right, that sounds that sounds good. Well, good. Glad you're here. Glad you're glad the weekend went well. Uh, I, you know, hopefully Indiana defense will uh, pick up either for the playoffs or by next season they'll realize you can't just have uh, eleven guys. You got to have twenty two, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, the reason I asked our text question of the night, which once again is, are you swayed by the opinion of your favorite celebrities, is we've all been watching the horror that is going on in Israel uh, with the terrorist attacks by Hamas and now the retaliation of Israel into Gaza 
which is populated by Palestinian citizens who are not uh, associated with Hamas. But, and again, I don't know, I'm not, a, I'm not a scholar for the Middle East. I don't know everything that's, uh, all the intricacies of what's going on over there. But I think any rational human being should be horrified by what we're seeing over there. What we saw over the weekend, and we talked about this a little bit on Monday, and uh, what we're seeing now as Israel just uh, is go is blowing up Gaza, basically. Um, it's horrible. We don't know the we don't know the status of the hostages that were taken by Hamas. It's it's a nightmare over there. What's amazing to me is how this has turned into just another political argument on the internet. And I shouldn't be surprised at all that social media, because social media is just a rat's nest of hate and stupidity and ill-thought-out takes and uh, uninformed opinions trying to pass as fact. I shouldn't, be, uh, I shouldn't be shocked that this is what's happened. But I am. And celebrities are getting involved. And some celebrities are being uh, shouted down for having their opinion. Some celebrities are being uh, told that they should step up and make some sort of statement. Uh, listen, if you're a, if you're a human being, and you want to make a statement, that's fine. But I, if you think that your the weight of your statement because you've been in the movies or on TV is uh, more important than somebody who works, you know, in a hospital or at a gas station or is a lawyer, unless you're some sort of Middle East scholar. And you have years of background in studying this and writing about it. I don't, you don't know. You don't know what's going on. But people seem to be able to side with this. Now, there is, uh, you know, there's one former uh, adult actress who was fired over the weekend because she sided with the Palestinians and uh, other people who are, you know, there's there's all sorts of protests against people who are siding with Israel, and it's easy it's easy to just pick a side, especially if you don't know, and if you are a, a, a Jewish person living in America, or if you are of Palestinian, uh, if, if you are somebody who has Palestinian blood or Palestinian background, it's easy to take those those sides because those are your people. Now, does that mean you're necessarily correct? No. But that I understand. But if you're not if you're not if you don't have any skin in the game, keep your mouth shut if you don't know what you're talking about. And if you don't want to keep your mouth shut, don't listen to these people. Which is it's hard to do when uh, X and TikTok and Instagram are letting things go through that are not uh, that are not true, you know. I saw CNN debunked some. There were some videos of a plane being shot down. Turns out that is not uh, that's not. It wasn't real. It was a, it was a fake video from something else. Now we've got um, schools, not only in Israel and the UK, but here in the U.S., that are asking parents to have their kids delete their social media apps for 
the foreseeable future because they're afraid, based on the threats from Hamas, that they are going to start posting videos and images of uh, them killing hostages. Because they said Hamas has warned that they're going to post the murders of hostages on social media if Israel targets people in Gaza without warning. I don't know if there was warning for Israel's retaliatory strikes. Uh, I think them being attacked over the weekend is warning that, hey, they're going to hit back. Um, but yeah, I I would not be opposed if, if my daughter was still in school to tell her, hey, uh, you got to get off. You got to get off these things for a little bit, because the last thing kids need, especially if you're if you're close to that. But I, even if you're a child in America and you don't really have any connection other than what you've heard on the news, those are images and videos that I don't think anybody has to see. I've never watched one of those. You know, they, they release those beheading videos or the terrorists murdering a hostage. I, I have no desire to see that. I my head is already screwy enough. Uh, I don't need I don't need to see those kind of horrors. I think I can imagine those horrors, and that's really more than any of us need. I don't think we need to see it. I think if we're uh, competent enough to have any sort of empathy, you can imagine what that is like, and that's an image you don't need in your head. So when these celebrities are getting on and being shouted down, I don't understand why uh, it's such a big deal. Jeff says, honestly, yes, I think I am slightly swayed, but I have also been turned off from my celebrities if they make statements of which I strongly disapprove. Examples are available upon request. All right, Jeff, we will submit in triplicate our request forms. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I. there are, there are and I, I'll agree with Jeff on this point. point. Pardon me. If somebody that I like is making crazy statements on social media or in the press that I that are diametrically opposed to what I believe in, I find it very hard then to separate the person from either their art or their sport. Now that doesn't mean I don't that I would never tell them not to say it. But if you say something, there can be consequences for what you say. And not that they're going to feel it if I suddenly stop watching their TV show or their movie, or I don't support them and their team for whatever. But that's about as far as it goes. I'm never, I'm never going to be thinking one thing and then, you know, uh, the Rock comes on and says, "Well, and The Rock is a celebrity that I I like. The Rock, I I like him in movies. I think he's charming. Um, but The Rock, no matter how charming he is, can never make me move off strongly felt beliefs. You know, that'd be one where I go, Rock, I just uh, I can't go with you down that road. And as long as it's not so wild that you know, you know, there's no coming back." Well, I'll still watch The Rock in some shows. What do you think? Do celebrity opinions matter to you? 855-616-1620. It's the Old National Bank. Talk and text line. A whole lot more to go on WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank. Talk and text line. 
Uh, Matt, I want to get your take on this as well, because uh, I thought once Aaron Rodgers was traded away, he would shut up. Uh, He would come out of his darkness retreat. He would keep his yapper shut uh, and focus on football. Well, then he gets hurt. Now he's got all the time in the world. And uh, you heard last week he was on the Pat McAfee podcast. He goes on there every Tuesday and runs his mouth. And uh, last week he went after Travis Kelsey, the man who gets to date Taylor Swift, and he calls him called him Mister Pfizer, because Taylor Kelsey or, or uh, yeah Travis Kelsey rather was it? Can we uh, predict in the Kelsey future there, Brian? The That's I'm, I'm already projecting the wedding. I don't think she takes his name though. She's gonna stay Taylor Swift. Maybe he t- oh maybe he trades his name to Travis Swift. That would be a good name for a tight end. That would. Travis Swift. As a play-by-play man, I'd love that. It would be a great name. Travis Swiftly into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Swift goes deep. Yeah, that would be good. So uh, Travis Kelsey did a commercial for the the new vaccine and flu shots. And, uh, of course, Mr. Anti-Vax, Mr. Anti-Everything, Aaron Rodgers, uh, started to make fun of him. Then Kelsey... Came back uh, on his podcast, New Heights, which he do- which he does with his brother Jason, who plays for the Eagles, uh, and he said he never thought he'd get into the Vax Wars with Aaron Rodgers, uh, Mister Pfizer versus the Johnson and Johnson family over there. Well, then Aaron Rodgers jumped in again. Now he wants to debate Travis Kelsey over uh, vaccines and blah blah blah, and he wants to bring. Uh, with him, he wants to bring Robert uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. with him, RFK Jr., the guy who's running for president, who is also a big anti-vax guy. And uh, he says, well, Travis Kelsey can bring Dr. Fauci. Right there, you've given up your number one draft pick. If you're letting Travis Kelsey bring uh, the guy who was the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases from 84 to 22, and chief medical advisor to the president from 21 to 22, uh, you've given up. But, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers running his mouth again. He won't let it go. He won't let it go. Because he, if you remember, he filed a 500-page report when the NFL was uh, making their players get vaccinated and stuff, and he said that his home remedies, his homeopathic stuff, was um that that was enough that was enough uh he should be considered vaccinated because he took all that stuff he also likes uh he's also a big proponent of iver uh, ivervectin you know ivermectin rather which is that uh the uh dewormer horse med- i don't know but uh yeah i just there's a point I wanted him to shut up. I thought he was doing all this whining so Green Bay would trade him, and they finally did, and uh, now he's out there and he's still running his mouth, and he just won't shut up about this uh, anti-vax stuff. Are you tired of Aaron Rodgers, Matt? I've been tired of Aaron Rodgers since 2006. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that gives away my prior fandom prior to coming up here, but the thing with Rodgers I know he can't play football. I know he broke the heart of every single New York Jets fan because they're destined for a top 15 draft pick right now. And the Packers just lost their shot at a number one uh, pick. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, what are you doing? I understand Pat McAfee's show is just made for people to run their mouth and create content and say whatever they want. But, I mean... Travis Kelsey's not the one that missed key games because he caught COVID and wasn't vaccinated. 
Yes. And listen, if Travis Kelsey wants to do a commercial for Pfizer, good. Make a little money. You know, he he must listen. I would imagine that he then believes that it's important to get vaccinated, so he's going to he's going to take the money to do that commercial. Uh, Johnson and Johnson Pharmaceuticals uh, owns one of the, one of the Johnsons owns the Jets, but Aaron Rodgers goes, well, that's different because I'm not uh, you know I'm not speaking for Johnson and Johnson. I'm just speaking for myself, and then I'm getting paid by the Jets organization, not the Johnson and Johnson organization. Which yeah, it's a fine line. Uh, who knows? Now somebody says uh, they use that horse dewormer. Uh, if I if I COVID look it up at the CDC, I'll look it up. I'll look it up and see if the CDC uh, what the CDC says. But uh, you know, this thing I'm reading said everybody said not to use it. That the uh, World Health Organization uh, or not World Health, the uh, Centers for Disease Control warned against using the anti-parasitic drug as a treatment for COVID-19. So maybe they've changed. Who knows? Uh, from the 262, I wish he'd keep his mouth shut, too. I think Packers fans are way over him by now. Yeah, unfortunately, now it's not just Packers fans who have to listen to him. Now the whole the whole world has to listen to him. Uh, I don't. I don't listen to the, the Pat McAfee Can we just let him days. play football? That's the only time where he's quiet. Can, yeah. Can he play flag football? Can he do... Uh, you know, uh, since he can't since he can't put weight on his leg, could he do like wheelchair football, something to keep him occupied, so he gets off this uh, this stupid kick? But I would I would love to see Dr. Fauci just eviscerate the two of them. But Fauci, you know, Fauci retired. He stepped back. He's done. He's good for him. He's uh, he's taking a break. Speaking of taking a break, we got to do that. Then it's going to be news time on WTMJ nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Boy, I like that song. And I'm sure there's some fine people in Alabama, but the ones that make the news, not so much. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Uh, where do you stand when it comes to banning books in school? This has come up a lot. Uh, this time, it takes the cake in Alabama. Because sometimes you don't even have to object, I guess, to what's in a book. We hear people all the time saying, oh, you know, these books, they're, uh, they're, they're talking about having two dads or two moms, and I don't need this or that. Or there's Okay, again, as a parent, you're allowed to not, let, to, to not let your kids read whatever you don't want them to read. I'm fine with that. But your belief doesn't mean that every other kid has to be deprived of a certain book what would you say if i told you that a book was put on the watch list in alabama just because of the author's last name you would say brian you're out of your mind that could never happen uh who would be that stupid there have to be some people down there who've not only lost their teeth but their mind and i would say well you're right about the last part of this so there's a, a book called Read Me a Story, Stella. It's a children's book, and it has been removed from the shelf and put on the watch list in Alabama because the author's last name is Gay. G-A-Y, that's her, that's her last name. Her name is Marie Louise Gay. She is the author of the picture book, which you think would be perfect for Alabama because I'm guessing there's a lot of people down there, if this story gives me any indication, they can't really read. 
So a picture book should be right up their alley, right? I, I would think so. It's about a brother and a sister who read books together and build a doghouse. So, all right, we'd take another bullet out of the chamber for the people who want to ban books. Brother and sister, oh, what are they doing? Something? No, they're reading books together. What kind of book? It doesn't matter. I don't think it says what kind of books they're reading, but they build a doghouse. Mm, what can we find objectionable about that? You know the people who, who put this book on the watch list are ready to go. They, they're, they're itching to find something. Well, uh, the contents of the book depict nothing about sex. Uh, it was put on the list of sexually explicit books by the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library, which I think just is in an outhouse, if, you're, if, if I'm not mistaken. Her publicist, uh, Ms. Gay's publicist, said that the author's books have never been mistakenly censored. Uh, she said, quote, although it's obviously laughable that our picture book shows up on the list of censored books simply because the author's last name is Gay, the ridiculousness of that fact should not detract from the seriousness of the situation. End quote. I agree, and yet I must point out the absurdity and the buffoonishness of this situation before we get to the serious part. That's what I do. The circulation manager at the library said the branch manager made them move the book to an adult section of the library. Imagine you're an adult and you're going down to the library, probably just because they have air conditioning and it's really hot in Alabama. I don't, I, you know, again, I know there's, there's people in Alabama who are also shaking their head at this. I don't speak for the whole population. I just speak uh, for a, you know, a chunk of them. On the order of executive director Cindy Hewitt, books in the library had to be cross-referenced with the Alabama Public Library system of challenged titles and then displayed on a spreadsheet. Uh, after some digging, it was found that there was no cross-reference, and instead, books were weeded out based on keywords like lesbian, gay, gender, and identity. So would the born identity be taken out and put on the watch list? Would, uh, you know, anything, so anything with lesbian, gay, gender, or identity, is uh, those are buzzwords that are getting things picked up. They admitted that the book should have never uh, been added to the list, um, and it only was because of the word gay. According to uh, the uh, director, quote, we wanted to be proactive and allow our library staff to look at our collection and make decisions about moving material to an older age group and not have someone from outside dictating that for us. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, first of all, who do you have working at the library that they're going to pick up a children's picture book, flip through it, and go, look at these two kids. What are they doing, reading a book? Oh, boy. All right. Well, I guess that's okay. They're building a doghouse. Hmm, he's hammering. Could we make that a euphemism? No, he's just hammering and nailing. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. What's the author's name there? Gay. Out. Stop it. But this is... Now, for all the fun I've made of these people in Alabama, and trust me, they deserve a lot more coming their way, this is a very scary precedent. And not to sound alarmist, but it's happening more and more where one person or a very small group of people who shout the loudest and bang on the tables and go to town council meetings and things like that are able to 
push their religious and quote-unquote moral agenda on other people. I know, I know, here, here's, here's where it gets hard, because I know that some of my beliefs probably are right in line with some of their beliefs. But you know what? I don't think my beliefs are the only ones that should be adhered to. That's where we part company. And when it comes to books or movies or art or speech, I have zero tolerance for the people who want to ban, censor, or put something on a watch list. I also have zero tolerance for people who push to have prayer in public schools. If you want to go to a private school and prayer there, good. That's great. I, I, went to, I went to Catholic school for grade school and high school, and we had religion class, and we said prayers every day, and that was fine. But my friends who went to public school didn't have to. Did I think they were going to hell? No, some of them probably are, but they, it had nothing to do with what they were doing in school. So the serious part of this is that we are, we are now allowing our system to shift. And while the, the loud people will say it's all shifting to the left, it's not all shifting to the left. Some of it is. But there's a lot of it that is getting pushed more and more to the right because of something like this. This book has nothing to do with sex. Nothing. And for everybody who thinks that children are being indoctrinated, I'm sorry you're wrong. But I also agree that there, there are age limits that are appropriate for certain subject matters. See, that's what, what I was saying before, that my beliefs and some of these people's beliefs, they stay parallel for a while, and then they wildly diverge. Because while you have the right to believe what you want, you don't have the right to force other people to believe it. You are not in charge. I am not in charge. This is, this is not a theocracy that we live in. Uh, from the 262, I don't like the LGBTQ whatever group, smaller group pushing their agenda. How is that? What does that have to do with this? This book is not about anything about the LGBTQ. This is about a brother and sister building a doghouse and reading books. And because her name, her last name was Gay, they put it on the, uh, they put her on the wash list. Uh, from the two, a different 262, we in this country are one step away from book burning. After all, book learning is dangerous. Well, uh, book, when you read books, you get ideas. And when you read books, you can learn about things that you didn't know about. And you can learn about things that either make you uncomfortable or cause you to ask questions. None of which is bad. Now... If you're afraid of those ideas, well, then you're going to be one of these people who are going, that's good, put that book on a watch list. So, I'm trying to read this text to make sense of it, but I don't, uh, I don't quite understand. All right, what do you think? 855-616-1620. Uh, I'll tell you somebody else who did not read a book. 
uh, a certain Republican congresswoman. I will tell you about her, and we'll fig- try to figure out. Maybe that, maybe the book she didn't read that she referenced is also on a banned list somewhere. Who knows? It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. You want to get involved in the program? 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Pardon me. All right. <clears throat> we were talking about not reading books. Have you ever been around a person who misuses words or misses the point of something completely and yet is very, very confident in their point of view, despite the fact that it's obvious that they're not quite sure what they're referencing? Uh, Nancy Mace is a uh, congressperson from South Carolina, and... Uh, she wanted to make a statement because she was one of the eight Republicans who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy the other day. So she showed up in uh, Congress yesterday with a big letter A painted in red on her shirt, the Scarlet Letter. Now, those of you who've read the Scarlet Letter already are thinking, I don't think as they said in The Prince's Bride, I don't think that means what you think it means. She said, I'm wearing the scarlet letter after a week that I just had last week, being a woman up here and being demonized for my vote and for my voice. Um, Yeah, that's probably not why she's having a hard time. Could be that other Republicans are mad at her for, <laughs> for voting out the speaker. That could be. I don't think it's, you know, using her voice. Um and the Scarlet Letter wasn't about a, a woman who stood up for herself and used her voice. I don't know if you've read it. It's a, a novel from the 19th century. It's about an unmarried woman who gets pregnant after having an affair, and she's forced to wear a Scarlet Letter as punishment for adultery, hence the A. Get it? Uh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that tied in with what uh, Nancy Bass was doing. Like I said, she was uh, one of the eight Republicans who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy. Uh, She was also called out because she endorsed Jim Jordan as Kevin McCarthy's successor. Um, She has been very vocal about supporting victims of sexual assault, which is admirable, right? I don't think anybody can argue with that. Jim Jordan has been accused multiple, multiple times of ignoring sexual abuse uh, complaints when against the team doctor when he was an assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State University in the 80s and 90s. He has repeatedly denied those allegations. She was on the Sunday morning shows, and the anchors were asking her about that, about, uh, you know, you you've, it seems strange that you would be such an outspoken advocate for victims and yet you're supporting a guy who's been accused of that. Now, again, accused and convicted are two different things. I get that. But those accusations won't go away. Uh, in, this was, this is, to me, emblematic of all politicians, the way she answered. She goes, I've never heard of that. And the anchor was like, what are you talking about? You've never heard of the, you've never heard, you've never heard of these allegations from blah, 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 blah. No, I don't know anything about those. I've never heard about those. Wow, if you could be any more disingenuous, that would be fantastic. There's, I don't care who you are, even if you only fo- follow politics a little bit, you know who Jim Jordan is. If you're in the House of Representatives, 
you definitely know who Jim Jordan is. You know the baggage he comes with. You know he do, he he does not like a suit coat at all. Does not want to wear a suit coat. But that's it. So I don't know. I was surprised uh, when I found out that Nancy Mace was not from Alabama, uh, having not read the book. You know, I'm always I always enjoy it in a perverse sense when somebody tries to impress you by using really big words and they obviously don't know what they mean. You know, now I may not know all the words and I definitely don't know all the words. But I also if I don't know a word, I'm not going to use it incorrectly. I may misspeak once in a while, but it'll be it'll be a word that I know and I just screwed it up. Uh, Matt, you'll be very excited. Speaking of me screwing up a word, I made a pronouncement on Monday with the Bucks season starting now. I will never have Giannis Antetokounmpo's name written down in front of me because I can say Giannis all day. But if I look at it on paper, I am always going to say Giannis. <laughs> and I don't know why because I know it's wrong. But there's something in my brain when I recall Giannis I could say his name. You know, I still might stumble over the last name a little bit, but if I just say Giannis, everybody knows it. But if I'm reading it, even if I'm reading to myself, like I'm reading a story in the uh, the Journal Sentinel or on WTMJ.com or anywhere else, and his name is there, in my head I say Giannis. I don't know. I don't know what that blockage is. I would love to find it because there's... I don't think there's any other word or name that I stumble over as much. So you'll be happy to know, anytime we bring up basketball or talk about the Bucks, I will not have anything written down in front of me with Giannis's name on it. Just because I don't want to be I don't want to be that guy who's uh, mispronouncing everything. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get ready for the news. It's WTMJ Nights. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next. This is WTMJ Nights. Does your shower or bathtub look like the setting of a creepy horror movie? Ooh, is it dingy, moldy, gross, and out of date? Just plain creepy? Well, then you've got to sign up for the Sidex Creepiest Shower Contest. These are pictures I can't wait to see. Take a picture of your nightmare of a bathtub or a shower, upload it to our website on WTMJ.com, and you'll be entered to win free tub or shower conversion and upgrade up to $10,000, and that is installed absolutely free. What did I say? Yes, absolutely free, no cost to you. So here's how you do it. Text the word SIDEX, S-I-D-E-X, to the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. You upload that picture, and you show us your creepy shower space. Submissions are open until October 20th, so get entered in to finally fix up your creepy shower space. All right. That is, uh, there's nothing worse than being somewhere and walking into a shower. Uh, I haven't taken a bath in years just because the thought of sitting in a bathtub is kind of gross one of my buddies takes a bath he goes oh yeah i take a bath all the time right uh, after i take a shower and i'm like what he goes yeah because I, I always think of a bath you're just kind of sitting in your own gravy but uh yeah so but a creepy shower creepy bathtub go ahead and uh take care of that on the other side of the news 
All right, we all know tonight one of us could be a multi-billionaire. We're going to talk about the most Milwaukee things people are saying they would do if they won the Powerball tonight. I want you to get involved, 855-616-1620. We'll do it after the news, which happens next on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome back to hour number two, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. We want to hear from you. I especially want to know not what you would do if you won tonight's Powerball, because we all have a flight of fancy, but let's let's make it more specific. What's the most Milwaukee thing you do if you won the $1.73 billion Powerball tonight? The most Milwaukee thing you could do. The reason I'm asking is they this was posted on Reddit, and some of the answers are very, very Milwaukee. So I want to hear yours. Uh, as you know, yes, the drawing is tonight, $1.73 billion. It's uh, We know the odds are never in your favor to uh, misquote Hunger Games, but uh, you gotta get you got to get all six numbers. You got to get the Powerball. You're gonna get the uh, one point or all six numbers. You're gonna get the 1.73 lump sum estimated at 756 and a half million dollars, uh, and that is before taxes. But uh, listen, I'll give a go. I'll give the government their taste if I get to walk away with it. Uh, four tickets Monday in one in California, Indiana, Oregon, and Virginia. They matched all five balls. Uh, they got a million-dollar prize. And then somebody in Florida matched five numbers, and they used the power play, and they won $2 million. So this is going to be the 36th drawing in this uh, jackpot run. And, you know, like I said, I usually don't I don't pay attention until it gets big. And I have been uh, I have been playing. I have been uh, I have been going along. I've limited it, Matt, to $10 a time. But. I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing a trend and I'm hoping that this trend continues and uh, accelerates a little bit. So Saturday I bought a ticket for that drawing. When I went to buy my ticket on Monday, I took my ticket from Saturday. Oh wait a minute, hold on. I had won $4. So, I'm doing Vegas math. Now technically I've still down 6, but I had won 4. But what I did was I had bought my $10, and then I went and checked my old ticket, and I won the four. So now today I go to buy my ticket at the same 7-Eleven because I, I was buying them at a gas station. Nothing was happening, nothing good. So I went back. 7-Eleven seems to I get, I've gotten a number of these $4 winners just from getting them at 7-Eleven. And this goes into a whole thing. I don't know if you uh, have superstitions when it comes to playing the lottery like this if you always play the same numbers if you always do a quick pick if you got to buy it at the same place the other day i was almost tempted because there was a grocery store near me that had been on the news on was it thursday yeah it was a wednesday last wednesday they did a big thing and uh they supposedly have sold the most winning tickets near me so i was gonna go oh i was gonna go saturday to that grocery store and i thought well that's dumb so I went back to the uh, to the 7-Eleven. Well, today 
I go in, and I thought to myself, well, maybe I should check my ticket first and then buy my $10 for tonight. And I said, no, that's not what you did on Saturday. you got to do it the same way. So I went up to the counter, bought my $10 ticket. The guy laughs. He says, good luck. I laugh, too. Same guy who sold me the ticket on Saturday when I cashed in, uh, or Monday when I cashed in my $4 winning ticket. Today I go back, I check the ticket I bought Monday. Hey, now. My big one didn't win. But my bonus $4 ticket won me another $4. So I went back up. He laughed. He gave me two more lines of uh, numbers. So that's two in a row where I've won $4. I know I am uh, giving myself over to a flight of fancy to think I'm due now, that something good is happening. But, Matt, you're a gambler. You're a sports guy. you got to respect the streak, right? Oh, yeah. I'm two for two in the last in my last two at bats. I'm on base, so my average is going up. So I'm gonna uh, listen. If you don't hear from me tomorrow at six, Matt, you'll well. No, you will hear from me tomorrow at six when I come out and go. I got a two billion dollars, and it'll be like, okay, who's hosting tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> we, and forgetting who's we hosting just, next uh, hour. <laughs> yeah. Who's hosting in five minutes? Because I have to, I'm sitting on all my money and it's very uncomfortable. I need, I need to go lay down on my golden bed of cash. Um, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't put a lot of thought into what I would do, but I, I saw this article, like I said, in, uh, about a post that had been on Reddit. And a lot of people, because it's a, uh, there's a Reddit user called, I forgot my password, 111. And so he talked to a Milwaukee subreddit. And he this he did this on Monday, or they, I, sh- I don't know if it's a man or a woman, they did this on Monday when it was just at $1.4 which seems like a paltry sum now, doesn't it? $1.4? What's the first thing you do, Matt? $1.4 million? Well, tonight it's $1.72. Oh, wow. Three, $1.73. What was the first thing you'd do? Like, you don't even have the money yet. You just know you want it. Like, I just saw the numbers. You realize that, oh my God, it's me. Well, first, I'd pinch myself to be sure I'm not dreaming. (laughs) Second off, I I don't know. Probably call my mom and tell her to retire. Oh, you'd, you'd, you'd leak the news already. Yeah. All right. It's very nice that you would think of your mother first. First thing I'm doing is signing that ticket. Ooh, that is true. First thing I'm doing is signing that ticket, and I'm putting it in. We have one of those little fire boxes in the house, you know, for important documents, and it goes right in there. Then I'm going to pray that I don't have a heart attack because I, th- I think that shot or that shock would, would probably cause some, uh, you know, electrical impulses to be going haywire in my chest. Then, uh, then tomorrow morning, I would have. I know one guy um, who's a friend of my brother's who is a, a big wig in the financial industry, and I've known him since he was a young, young child. So I'd call him and set things up. Then once everything was set up, once everything was all set up, you know, then we claim the money. Then things would get wild. He'd go buck wild. We'd have fun. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be telling anybody though. Right away, 
I'm not telling my ma because she she can't keep a secret. Suddenly, all my that, brothers that would know. That is true. That is all true. All my relatives would know. Everybody'd know. You know, I'm not telling my daughter either. I'd probably tell my wife just so she could call 911 for the uh, <laughs> aforementioned heart attack. But um, but the ticket would still be signed by me. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave says he would stay right here in Las Vegas. He's out there. He said a picture of a pool and palm trees. That would be nice. So here's some of the things to, to prime the pump. I'll give you a couple, and I want to hear you. The most Milwaukee thing you would do if you won tonight's Powerball. A number of people said they would spend whatever it takes to save the domes. You know, the Mitchell Park uh, Conservatory domes? They face an uncertain future and possible demolition. So a lot of people... On this subreddit, we're like, yeah, we're, we want to save the, uh, we want to save the, you know, save the domes. Um, some personal dreams. One, uh, one user said they would grab a condo and live on the river in the third ward and make my dream restaurant in the city that pays extremely well. And I don't care if it runs at a loss. Well, good for you. Uh, third ward recently ranked seventh on a list of Milwaukee neighborhoods with the most expensive average monthly rents. For a one-bedroom apartment. All right, we're going to take a break, but then I want to hear from you. The most Milwaukee thing you would do if you won tonight's Powerball, 855-616-1620. It's the old National Bank talking text line, and we're still broke here on WTMJ Nights. Yes, you and me both. Tonight's your chance to be a billionaire. $1.73 billion in the Powerball. We know we're not going to win it, but... Uh, a subreddit the other day, the Milwaukee subreddit, one of the Milwaukee subreddits the other day, the question was asked, what would, what's the most Milwaukee thing you would do if you won the Powerball? Uh, I told you a lot of people saying they want to save the dome. Uh, some people talking about paying for a light rail system from the airport. Um, that would be, uh, that would be fun. So, <laughs> uh, let's see what else we've gotten here. One user said, buy a house on Lake Drive. And uh, another one said, do a beautification project on Blue Mound from Holly to 76th, then turn the freeway entrances and exits on Holly into a pollinator meadow. It's the neighborhood where I grew up. Uh, a lot of uh, people said their dreams involved local celebrity Milverine. Have you seen pictures of Milverine, Matt? I don't he know what like Milverine is, to be honest Milverine with you. Milverine is a dude who is jacked beyond belief. And he looks like he looks a bit a little bit like Wolverine from the X-Men. And he walks around shirtless all the time. His name is John Hammond. And uh so he walks around. I, I saw my first picture of him today. Uh a lot of people were saying they'd uh they'd like to uh, they'd like to get to know Milverine. Uh one person said they'd take him to the Miller Park Arby's. That's <laughs> that doesn't sound you got Listen, you could do that with a hundred bucks. You don't need to. If you win a hundred, you can take Milverine out for a beef and cheddar. You don't need to wait till you, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't really need to do that. Uh, another one said they'd send Milverine on a nationwide Milwaukee's ambassador tour, and another one wants to hire Milverine as their bodyguard. Um, somebody else said they wanted to make a bronze Milverine to stand next to the Fonz. A lot of beer and sports, Milwaukee dreams, as you can imagine. Um, from the 414, go have all you can eat crab legs because now I can afford it. How expensive are the crab legs? And <laughs> so that seems like a lot. Richard says, at 70 years old, half my winnings would go to the city of Milwaukee, parks, libraries, senior help, etc. I love Milwaukee. Thank you, Richard. 
from the 414, I would bulldoze everything between 35th Street and the freeway off Atkinson and build a prison. Wow, you are a lovely human being. From uh, Mark, most Milwaukee thing, I'd have my brick home aluminum sided. All right. Uh, a lot of people, you know, want to want to have their sports dreams fulfilled. One man said, "I'd pay for the Brewers Stadium, rename it County Stadium, and let everyone in Milwaukee and anyone with a Milwaukee County ID in for free." Um, another commenter said they'd invest in the Brewers to stay forever. Another one said, "Buy the Brewers and take them to the World Series next year." Uh, we were talking about Wrexham earlier. Bef- earlier. Uh, one man said he wants to open a pro football team. He even spelled it football, uh, either MLS or NSL, and invest in our communities to develop local talent. Uh, a lot of people said they'd get Bucks season tickets, pay the tab uh, for everyone in the city for a night, and purchase their favorite bar or brewery. Um, some other Milwaukee answers, buy Cat's property and make them rent for me. Uh, can I spend it on a city light rail system? Somebody else said, I'd buy the Allen Bradley Clock Tower and live in it. Uh, buy a Kia dealership. Okay. Buy a State Farm a State Fair cream puff stand and keep it open all year 24-7. I like that. Start a cod farm for Friday nights. Good. Pepperoni and cannoli for the whole city. Rebuild Spring Mall Theater and Aladdin's Castle. Commissioned several studies on the I-794 corridor. Wow, you just want to be a bureaucrat forever. Um, and place it in coffee cans and bury it in my backyard. So 262 says the most Milwaukee thing they'd do if they won, uh, say goodbye to Milwaukee and leave the state. So, there you go. I would, uh, people have asked me if I would move. I would move, um, I think. I w- well, I would wait a little while, you know. While my mom's still around, I'd probably hang out. Well, no, I'd keep I'd keep a spot here, but then I'd I'd have a a nice house somewhere tropical, where I you know just could relax. That would be nice. What would be Matt? Have you thought about like your one big splurge? Have you ever allowed yourself to dream? You're a young man. All your dreams are probably still behind you, or in front of you rather. <laughs> so, uh, but what do you think would be your one big splurge? I don't know. You'd have- Buying a professional sports franchise or getting season tickets to one? Oh, I thought about I, but then I felt bad for the Admirals. I thought, well, maybe we could lure an NHL team to Milwaukee, start a group, you know, uh, an ownership group, because I'd have, you know, I'd have almost, you know, a billion dollars. Uh, so I'd throw a little of my own money in there, but then you could get some people with you and try to bring an NHL team. Because that's really all that Milwaukee's missing. Now the Admirals are fine. I'm not, uh, I'm not throwing shade at the Admirals. Don't get mad at me if you're, if you're an Admirals fan. But uh, I thought, well, maybe that would be something that would be fun to do. Because here's the thing, for me at least, and this is because of my age. I'm probably disillusioned by a lot of stuff. So would I like to invest it in, you know, like uh, like our texter said before, the texter who was 70, said, oh, give it so... So the city could use it for parks and all all the great things that it really, you know, the city really needs. But I've seen how the city works with money. So I would have absolutely no confidence that if I gave them that money, they would move or they would use it 
to do what I wanted them to do it for. Uh, from the 414, bring Paps production back to Milwaukee. Very good. Uh, oh, Reed Pettit already attempted to bring an NHL team. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm different from him. I could probably swing it. I'd have, I'd have some heavy hitters come in. We'd put together a nice thing, and then, uh, then we'd go from there. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, there's more. Your, uh, your biggest Milwaukee purchase or what you would do that really screams Milwaukee if you won tonight's Powerball, 855-616-1620. WTMJ Nights. Now more of WTMJ Nights. Well, you still got a couple hours if you're uh, going to go buy that Powerball ticket. I'm in. I'm I'm pot committed, as they say at the poker table. Until uh, until this prize is won, I have to keep putting in my ten bucks. I just have to. Uh, I haven't gone even with. I've rolled over my last two four dollar winnings, so I'm at like fourteen bucks committed uh, Monday and today. But uh, four of those dollars, four of those dollars were won, and uh, as they said in Color of Money. Money won is twice as sweet as money earned, which is true. This is potentially very scary. Climate change. Oh, I know some of you don't believe in climate change. But uh, warmer, drier weather could threaten the beer supply. Ah, you paying attention now? Sure you are. Yes, that's because the harvest of hops is being affected by the weather and could decline as much as 18% in Europe by 2050. And I know you're saying, all right, Brian, that's Europe. Uh, what about here in the U.S.? Is it as dire? Are things uh, are things looking bad? Well, no. Uh, there are similar problems, but beer lovers in the U.S. don't need to uh, panic yet because U.S. hop producers are pretty smart, and they've been developing hop varieties that are resilient and have continued to increase hop production. So they're trying to do that in Europe because as the hops, uh, as they're not growing, they don't have the... the uh, in the uh, bitterness they don't have they don't have what hops add to beer they don't have the flavor or the aroma but um here in america we're doing our best we we're number one when it comes to hops uh we also we also rely more in this country on aroma hops those are for like india pale ales and hazy ipas so our crop this year is expected to produce record yields so cheers for the hop farmers here in the U.S. On the other side of the news, an Olympic star is in trouble, and you have a chance to help her. And it raises a very important question, I think, for this country. We will get to that and so much more. But now, at 7.30, we have to go to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. Jack Rao, ready to go. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Knights. 855-616-1620. It's the old National Bank talk and text line. That's how you get involved in the program. Dan did just that. He's uh, answering our question from before. What's the most Milwaukee thing you would do if you won the Powerball? Dan doesn't care about uh, Milwaukee as a whole. He just wants to get back at his cul-de-sac. He says, I'd buy a Bugatti for $3 million and lay burners in my cul-de-sac just to irritate the neighbors. <laughs> I like that you're going to stay in your cul-de-sac, Dan. It's a man who's... Uh, comfortable with his roots. You're going to stay where you are, and you're just going to upset the people who live next to you for the rest of your lives. Hopefully, you'll also build a giant fence so that they can't get to you. I think that would be uh, probably the best way to go. 
All right. If you're of a certain age, you remember the Summer Olympics of 1984. And you remember Mary Lou Retton. Uh, she, she was everywhere. She was... The, she was Simone Biles before Simone Biles. She was, she was the face of U.S. gymnastics. She um, she won gold at the Summer Olympics. She also uh, she also won uh, sil- two silver medals and two bronze medals. She's 55 years old now. She was only 16 when she won all those medals at the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles, and now. As of earlier today, she is in ICU at a Texas hospital with a rare form of pneumonia. And uh, she doesn't have health insurance. Now, I'll tell you how you can help Mary Lou Retton, but this is, I'm shocked by that. And I guess I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not shocked when I hear that uh, quote-unquote regular people don't have health insurance because uh, a little over 10% is the estimate of Americans that don't have health insurance. And that is, um, that's horrible. It's, it's unexplainable. It, it, it's not good. But when you hear of somebody like, I just assume Mary Lou Retton and granted this was, this was a long time ago, but she had all these endorsement deals. She was, I would imagine, okay, she's got the money. She has insurance. Well, she doesn't. So she's doing what a lot of people have to do, and she started a GoFundMe. Her daughter actually started the GoFundMe. Uh, Her daughter wrote, quote, My amazing mom, Mary Lou, has a very rare form of pneumonia and is fighting for her life. Um, That's her daughter, McKenna. It's a, uh, she used, she didn't use GoFundMe, she used SpotFund. She continued on, she's not able to breathe on her own. She's been in the ICU for a week now. Out of respect for her and her privacy, I will not disclose all details. However, I will disclose that she is not insured. So they originally had a goal of $50,000. That's already exceeded $109,000, and that was from earlier, so it's probably more. 2,200 donors have signed up. But this is is a sad state. When you look at other countries around the world... um, this is a common thing that people are using GoFundMe or uh, SpotFund or other places to try to cover basic health care bills and trying to stay alive. Now, if, you, if you've been to the hospital lately or if you've had to have a test recently or you realize how screwy our system is, and I don't claim to know everything about it. I know what I know just from being a human being, just like you do when you get your bills from the doctor or the hospital, and you realize how much these tests cost, but then if you have insurance, magically it's a lot less, and they're bill- and so it's never clear where all the money's going. I mean, most of us know all the, most of the money's going to our insurance companies. Um, it's really weird, but as I said, 10.2% of Americans under the age of 65 don't have health insurance. Uh, and that's according to the latest figures from the Kaiser Family Foundation. What that says about the U.S. is a little bit troubling. 
it makes us unique among wealthy countries in the world for not achieving universal health care, either through a single-payer system like Canada or the U.K., or a multi-payer system like Germany or Australia. Um, I do think that health care is a right. I don't, I don't think we do it right here. I don't think there should be people who are turned away or, uh, you know, it's, we're all going to get sick. That's the one universal thing. At some point, we're all going to get sick. We're all going to have to go to the hospital. We're all going to need a doctor. We're all going to need a test. And while, you know, I'm very fortunate that my wife works for a big company and we pay for our insurance through them. It used to be you just get insurance from your employer. That doesn't happen anymore. But I know friends of mine who are in their 40s and 50s and they're changing jobs or something like that. And all of a sudden, you know, insurance insurance is a big worry. And if you have to pay for private insurance, it's financially crippling for people. So if you don't have a job where you get insurance... 10%, 10 is a pretty big number of people who don't have it, and it's rough. But if you want to help, you know, if you want to help up Mary Lou Renton, you can do that, um, you know, because her hospital bills are far outweighing the money that she's raised so far. It's um, again, it's disheartening that people have to do this, and it's it's puzzling when someone with a higher public profile has to do that you would think wouldn't you that somebody would have insured mary lou retton just because she was an american hero in 19 somebody where she lives in texas would be like i'm gonna uh, you know some insurance guy would go all right we're gonna figure out a way to get mary lou retton some health insurance um just because of who she is not that she deserves preferential treatment but you know we all have we all have friends you all a lot of people know a guy you can figure it out but if if she can be a symbol for what we have to do again to try to figure out what's going on with the health insurance in this country where people are having to worry about eating groceries or buying their medicine um and what gets me is that this becomes a political fight it's not a political fight it's a human rights fight i don't care if you're democrat republican independent green party you don't follow politics at all i don't care what religion you are what color you are this is a boat that we're all in together now some people have no problem but a lot of people do and we need to uh, we need to look at that all right let's do this and then we've got more wtmj nights We're having, some, we're having a few difficulties tonight, but listen, who knows? It could be the fact that uh, the moon is going to block out the sun on Saturday, partially. We're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a little uh, eclipse on Saturday. Have you heard of this? The Ring of Fire eclipse? Now, uh, you, remember, you remember back in 2017, the total eclipse, right? This isn't a total eclipse. But this Saturday, it's a Ring of Fire eclipse. We're going to have another total eclipse on excuse me, April 8th, but it's not going to be, like here here in Milwaukee, the Milwaukee area, it's not going to be the totality that it'll be a little further south. But 
it is this kind of eclipse is an annular, a double n u l a r solar eclipse. Don't I sound like a scientist? Oh, I'm very uh, got it all down. But it just means that the moon is at its farthest point from the Earth when it's going to cross across the sun. So it's too far away to block out the sun completely like it does with the total solar eclipse. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to be careful because you can still fry your eyeballs on Saturday. Now, here in Milwaukee, we're going to see like we're going to see about 40%, 42% they're saying of the eclipse. And you might think, well, that's enough. It's not going to matter if I just look up and I see, you know, the ring of fire, which is the sun that's coming out from behind the shadow. But no, you got it. You still have to get those solar eclipse glasses because uh, the rays coming off. First of all, I love that they have to tell us not to stare at the sun. On a non-eclipse day, are you staring at the sun? I don't think so. But I get it. I, I get the temptation. You want to look up and see. I remember the days... When um, they talk, and you probably can still look this up, where you had to use a shoebox, and you'd poke a hole in one end, and you'd look through, and it was a whole thing, and you'd basically be seeing the shadow of the eclipse in your shoebox. But then, in 2017, when the total eclipse was coming, oh man, there was a cottage industry of people making these eclipse glasses. They look like the old 3D movie glasses. So... If you have those, you need to find them and get them out. If not, uh, you should be able to find some at, at a library near you. If you go on um, the, the Space Science Institute website, they have given libraries all over the country free eclipse glasses. Okay? You can't just use your sunglasses. You can find, probably find them on... Uh, Amazon, you can find them on uh, different different places, but please be sure that uh, go on the American Astronomical Society website. They have a list of certified solar eclipse glasses vendors. And I'm telling you this because I remember, well, now it's almost six years ago, going to, going to the eclipse and people panicking because they were, you know, people were selling bootleg glasses. These bootleg glasses from South Korea are not going to protect your eyes. And people, oh, are these the right ones? And uh, you have to make sure, you have to make sure that you uh, have them. So that's what's, uh, that's what's going on. Now, uh, the eclipse is going to first become visible in Oregon uh, about 9.15 Saturday morning. It's going to make its way down to Texas. It's going to be here um, at about 10.37 Saturday morning. So get up. Uh, maximum coverage, like I told you, is, is going to be at uh, 11.56. And that's going to be about 41% of the sun will be covered up. In Madison, you're going to see 44% of the sun covered up. Uh, and then, you know, if you go to Eclipse 2024, you'll see a, uh, a map of where it's going to go and how it comes, you know, how it grades out to who's going to see what. So about 40, 42, 
whatever, percent of the sun. I did go down. I went down to southern Illinois for the eclipse in 2017, and it was by far one of the most intense experiences I've ever had. Um, we're going. I'm, I'm going to see the one in 2024. I'm already putting in for April 8th off. Uh, I don't know if we have a show that night. It's right around baseball season, but who knows? Um, I booked, I, I booked uh, like the Bates Motel today. I booked a very scary hotel in the middle of nowhere uh, near Findlay, Ohio, in the middle of the country, to be out there to see the next one because my wife didn't get to go and see the last total eclipse, and she's she wants to go see this one, and I don't blame her. Uh, but we went. We drove down, so it was on a Monday, just like uh, just like this. And I drove down. Oh, it's going to be cloudy and rainy Saturday. Oh man, then we're going to be burned. I didn't pay attention to the weather bill. Bill of harsh and armello. Maybe you know who knows. Maybe we'll get a break in the clouds. But if not, if not planned for April eighth, we drove down. Uh, three of my buddies and I drove down on the Sunday night. And we didn't have any place to stay. I had I had bought a parking spot for the next morning. As an uh, I went to Southern Illinois, so we went to Carbondale. We were going to stay on campus because that was right in the heart of totality, right in the path. And we got down there at about I don't know four four in the morning, and we drove around campus and we drove to where the parking lot where we were going to have a spot the next day. Well, the, the police weren't letting you into that field to park until later. So we pulled off into another little area and started to unpack our suitcases and the campus police came by again. They were like, you guys can't just sleep here like vagabonds. And we're like, well, we've got a parking spot right over there, but it doesn't start till six. Can we, you know, whatever. He said, all right, you know, if you go over behind that building in that parking lot, we won't bother you. You'll be fine. Go over there. We ended up sleeping on the ground uh, for a few hours. Getting up, it was about 100 degrees that day. It was the wildest thing. And I I don't know how, if any of you had been have been through a total eclipse. I don't remember when the last one was before that, but maybe you went through this last one or went to see it. It is amazing when the moon blocks out the sun. It got so dark on campus that all the trail lights and all the outdoor lights with sensors on them, they all came on. It got eerily quiet. It was wild. So hopefully, Bill, the forecast is wrong. It's only Wednesday. We'll see if we can make it through a part of Saturday morning to see the eclipse. Um, don't take a chance and look up even if it's a little cloudy. Get your glass. Yeah, have fun. Put your paper glasses on and stand outside. All right, let's do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Uh, <laughs> Jeff uh, asking me to be careful. He, he worries about Jeff's Jeff Wagner's head exploding. I don't mean my other favorite host going uh, blind on me. No, listen, uh, Jeff, we're we're gonna have some. I'm not getting. Uh, I'm not getting too worried. I'm not gonna look up. I have. I still have a Manila envelope with all the glasses I bought for the last eclipse. I'm gonna be very careful. I'm. Uh, I may wear two pairs just just for fun. 
I don't know if you remember the hysteria that was going on during that time where people were like, well, can we wear a welder's mask? And I think, don't quote me, but I think people said, yes, you could wear a welder's mask because the, the brightness coming off of the when you're welding is about the same. But then they were, well, what if I have really dark glasses? No, Elvis, you can't wear really dark glasses. You got to wear this. So I said to my wife today, do we... I said, I know we saved those glasses. She's like, oh, yeah, they're up in the office. So I had to pull out my manila envelope uh, because I had bought glasses for my buddies and myself when we were going down to the last the last eclipse. But then when we got there, NASA was there. Um, so we got some special uh, NASA-branded they were still the paper 3D glasses, but they said NASA. They said uh, Eclipse 2017. Uh, they had the little SIU thing with the path of totality, the crisscross of the thing. It was oh, it was very very exciting. So I have uh, I have those, and then I have the ones that I bought from Amazon or or somebody because I waited long because I was like I'm not going to do that. And then I I waited I waited and then I had to hustle to get myself some uh, some glasses. So don't worry, Jeff. Thank you for your concern, Jeff. I appreciate that. But uh, um, what if you turn the camera on your cell phone and look through that? I Listen, I don't want to give any advice because I don't want somebody to go blind because I said, well, that should, that should probably be all right. I'm not a scientist. I bet if you go on uh, Eclipse 2023, that website, they'll answer all those kind of questions. One question we need to ask is, why is Brian still talking when he should be going to the break so they can get to news? I have no idea. After the news, oh, we've got more to do. Have you ever talk, dated somebody who made you absolutely crazy? We'll get to that and more news after this, WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Our third hour already. Things are flying by. Glad you're here. Want to get involved? 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank. Talking text line. Uh, old National Bank. Get old. I've been out of the dating scene for a long time, thank goodness. But <clears throat> I was reading this story today, and I started thinking about past relationships. And... If I've ever been with somebody who drove me crazy, not I'm not talking about aggravated. I'm talking pushed you so far that you became a version of yourself that you did not recognize. They Maybe they gaslit you. Maybe they embarrassed you so much publicly that you just you started to question who you were. Uh, and I thought about this because... Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is back in the news. You know Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, wife of Will Smith, the formerly beloved actor uh, who slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. Well, Jada has uh, something coming out, a book or something. So she's on a big, she's on a big run in her mouth tour on all the uh, the shows. You know, she's on The View, she's on Today Show, she's on all these shows, and. Today she made news again because she said that she and Will Smith have actually been separated since 2016. Now you remember, maybe you don't because you don't pay attention, and good for you if, if you don't pay attention to this. Um, 
I do, just not obsessively, but I, I do. You remember she had that uh, red table show where she talked about having an entanglement, meaning she was knocking around with some other musician. She had an affair. Uh, she said that in public. And Will Smith is supposed to just sit there like, hey, yeah, okay. Um, so that was going on, and that was well before. So she has a, a big NBC News primetime special coming out. I don't know what she's done to deserve a primetime special other than having alopecia, which uh, afflicts a lot of people, um, other than being married to a superstar, you know. Now, Jada Pinkett Smith has had her own career. I'm not saying she's, you know a gold digger or whatever. She, she made some money. She does her thing. But, man, every time she opens her mouth, it seems like she's doing it just to whittle away a little more at Will Smith and his not only his public image, but his personal feelings as a guy. You know, when she said she was, uh, you know, on her wedding day, she still was in love with Tupac. And she really didn't want to get married, but she did it anyway. And all these little things, as a guy... Now, imagine that's your wife or girlfriend saying all those things. How do you stick around? Well, I don't care if you have kids or not. How do you stick around? Well, anyway, uh, she said that they had not previously gone public with their separation because they were not, quote, ready yet. They were still trying to figure out between the two of us how to be in partnership. With what? A million people, or not a million, all right. A lot of people get divorced who have kids, and they figure it out. You don't, uh, you know, I know, you're, I know you're big celebrities, but you're still people. How do we present that to people, she asked. We hadn't figured that out. Uh, she's 52. Will Smith is 55. They've been married since 1997. Um, everybody started paying attention to them and their marriage well, because of her, because she can't keep her mouth shut. She needs to share. She needs to share everything, which is a big problem in the world. Everybody needs to share everything. You know what? You don't need to share everything. Most of the things you you have to say, nobody cares. So, and especially about your personal business. We don't need to know all your personal business. That's why it's called personal business and not public business. Anyway, so she says they were apart during all the time people were paying attention, like in 2020 when she said she had an entanglement with August Elsina, who is a, uh, a singer, I guess. Um, then this is, oh, man. Matt, did you see the, uh, I, I'm sure you've seen the slap, right, when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock? I think that would have some boxing scorecards uh, marked up. Okay, so you, you remember watching it. Oh, yeah. All right, so this is how I remember it. Chris Rock comes out. He makes a really lame joke. Um, Jada, G.I. Jane, blah, blah, blah. Oh, because she doesn't have her hair. Um, he claims she didn't know she, she had alopecia. He, you know. But at first, when he says that joke, you see Will Smith laughing it up. He's clapping his hands. He's laughing. Oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden, they cut to a, a shot of her, and she's giving him the stink eye. That's when he got up and went and smacked uh, Chris Rock. Now she is trying to rewrite history a little bit. She told People Magazine that she didn't realize what was happening. She thought when Will Smith got up that it was just a bit. She said, quote, I thought this is a skit. 
I was like, there's no way that Will will hit him. Uh, she said, I wasn't, it wasn't until Will started to walk back to his chair that I even realized it wasn't a skit. Shut up. Stop trying to gaslight Will Smith. I have no, uh, there's no love loss for me with Will Smith after slapping Chris Rock. That was, uh, completely, completely inappropriate, but we're not going to rehash that. That was a long time ago. What we're going to rehash is somebody trying to rewrite history. But the big question is, have you ever been with somebody who drove you completely nuts, who made you question everything that you were about, and what did you do? How long did you stay before you went, i got to get out of here? Uh, so she says, Jada Pinkett Smith says, as soon as she got Will alone, she asked him if he was okay. Um she also says the marriage fractured because of, quote, a lot of things. I think that by the time we got to 2016, we were both just exhausted with trying. I think we both kind of still stuck in our fantasy that what of what we thought the other person should be. And she also said she made a promise that there would never be a reason for her and Smith to divorce, and I just haven't been able to break that promise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, guess what? She's got a book coming out. Yes. She's got a book coming out, so... That is, I used to, I used to enjoy Will Smith. You know, I he made those uh, popcorn movies that you loved. There were my, I liked Bad Boys and Bad Boys Two. I even watched Bad Boys for Life. Um, I liked Independence Day as just a summer popcorn movie, not a not an unbelievable piece of cinema. Never saw Wild Wild West. I liked I Legend. You know, Will Smith was Will Smith. Everybody loved Will Smith. He made blockbusters. He was a huge, huge movie star. But something, man, imagine imagine that. Matt, if that was your girlfriend and every time you turned around, she was running her mouth and telling about all these crazy things that she did uh, either behind your back or to embarrass you, how long do you think you could uh, manage to stay in that relationship? From the time I hear about it, 10 seconds if I'm generous. 10 seconds? You, wow, you've got patience. You're a man. You're a man who can look at things, take some time, and consider it. I like that. Yeah, it, the first time she goes on TV, if she goes on the internet and tells people she was knocking around with some singer, uh, and I'm supposed to just sit there and go, "Oh yes, I understand." That's no way. I'm burning down that studio. I'm flipping over that table to use as kindling. There's well, first of all, I'm not coming to the red table talk because uh, I know my wife's got something up her sleeve if that's the way it's going to go. So uh, I'm going to pass on uh, I'm going to pass on that a hundred percent. All right, if you if you want to share your story, by all means, we would love to hear it. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Being in a relationship with someone who completely made you somebody you were not. Lots to come. WTMJ Nights. Oh, my. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. This is uh, interesting news. I don't know if it's exciting. For some people, it would be. Um, for me, it's, it piques my interest a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you are a Seinfeld fan. I watched Seinfeld when it was on the first time. I don't, I don't watch it all the time in reruns because it's on pretty much 24 hours a day on something. But maybe you're, maybe you're one of those people who watch it in syndication. Uh, you stream it, whatever it is you love to watch Seinfeld all the time. Well, here is some interesting news. 
If you remember, the finale of Seinfeld was not met with universal praise. How? How what? How was it not met with universal praise? People did not like it. They didn't like the ending. You so I'm I'm gathering you watched it, correct, Matt? Oh, I've I've watched it more times than fingers on my hands. All right, that would be at least eleven. Okay, so you you liked the finale? I think it was great. Now I didn't, I wasn't alive for when it aired live, right? So I might have a diluted answer, but I thought it was great. Okay, well, well, when it aired in '98, people did not think so. They didn't think it was so great because they tried to jam too many people in. They didn't like the ending with them all being in jail. Uh, there were a lot of a lot of people complaining, as people are wont to do. But the other night, Jerry Seinfeld was doing a comedy show, and as part of the show, he does a Q and A toward the end, and somebody asked him if he was happy with the show's ending. Now, I will say that in 2014, he said. Uh, that that episode was a way to thank all the people who worked on the show over the years that we thought made the show work. I don't believe in trying to change the past, but I'm very happy with it. Well, then in 2017, he had had a little more time. He was done counting all his money. And he said, I sometimes think that we shouldn't have ever done it. There was a lot of pressure on us at the time to do one big last show, but big is always bad in comedy. So it sounds like he had a change of heart. Now, that was 2017. Well, the other night, he's doing his Q&A. Somebody asks if, there's, if he's happy. And this was his quote. Well, I have a little secret for you about the ending, but I can't really tell it because it is a secret. Here's what I can tell you. Okay, but you can't tell anybody. Something is going to happen that has a lot to do with the ending. Hasn't happened yet. And just what you are thinking about, Larry and I have also been thinking about, so you'll see. Now, you sound like you are a Seinfeld fan, Matt. Does that pique your interest? That does pique my interest. The one thing that the finale left, there were a few loose ends. Yes. Jerry so and where, Elaine is one. Right. Um, How long did they have to go to jail? Exactly. Well, it was a year, wasn't it? Was it a year? Okay. A year so, removed from society. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So does, just theorizing now, it can't really pick up a year later because they're all much older than they were back then. But do they try to pick it up post-jail? Have they all gone, had an epiphany? I don't think those characters would ever change. I don't think jail... Do you think jail would have changed any of the four of them? No. No, they're going to be the exact same people they were when they went to jail, but now they're older. I think it would I think it would be interesting to see. I would like to see what happened to these characters, even if it's just for like one of those I don't know, uh, they do it they do it on a streaming service and it's like an hour and 20 minute Episode one episode, a one off to show us what happened post jail. Once they were removed from society for a year, how did it, how did it change them? What would you what would you want to see as a as a guy who's obviously watched it a lot more than I have? 
I don't know, because at the same time, the reason why I think the finale was good is because it's a show about nothing. So it ended with nothing. Yes, right. there they were, were storylines. the same conversation exactly. in the cell. That they had at the start. Yeah. And so I think the Jerry and Elaine storyline, it's made not to work. Now, if Jerry Seinfeld, the actual Jerry Seinfeld, wants to tie a bow on this, then he might want to conclude that storyline in one way or another. The real character who I'm interested in is George. Because <laughs> he has never been able to get anything to work. I'm not going to go into true. details, but... <laughs> what happens with him? Also, I hate to say it, but the most intriguing part of the show for me, unfortunately, Estelle Harris and Jerry Stiller have both passed away. Right. So yes. I don't know how they're going to do that. Because it's not a reboot without the two of them. Also, Liz Sheridan passed too. So I don't know how you're going to do that as well. Well, if it's a, if it's a, they're not, I don't think they'd go back to doing a series. So if you're doing the one thing, what if George became like a kingpin in jail? And started, you know, the summer of the, George in jail. Yeah, he he <laughs> like cornered the cigarette market, or he had a guy who could bring in, I don't know, whatever, uh, black and white. What cookies. if he went into business with Kramer in jail? <laughs> like George became the new Newman. Yes, and they don't, and they don't really want to leave because things are so good for them in jail, much better than they were out in society. And they realize we we don't need society. We got we've built our own society. It's like a Lord of the Flies. I think Kramer where, would thrive in jail. I wonder if they'd bring Kramer back. You have to. I know you have to, but Michael Richards has had some had some things. I know, but that's like uh I think what it would be is trying to make trying to get these guys because all the and these are all rumors and conjecture, but when they got the syndication deal and everything, you know, Jerry and Larry David made unbelievable amounts of money, and the other three did not make as much money. And they, because they didn't do a friends deal where they all had to be, uh, but that was, that was a different case because Jerry was an actual creator of the show. So he's got a little different, he's got a little different role there and he's going to get a little different money. But I wonder if the other three would come back. The only one who really has stuff going on is Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. And, but I think she'd be game to come back. See, she's the most successful, and I think she would be the easiest to convince to come back and do something. Whereas the other two, while they're very talented, uh, haven't really, you know, haven't really set the world on fire post-Seinfeld. You know, Dunstan checks in, and eh, doesn't really compare to Veep. You know what I'm saying? And a meltdown at the Laugh Factory doesn't compare to any of the, the other stuff. So I wonder if those, if uh, Jason Alexander and Michael Richards would be amenable to coming back and doing something. But I've also seen Jason Alexander in some of his recent work. And no offense to Jason Alexander, but the Jason Alexander that's the Jason Alexander right now is not the Jason Alexander that was on Seinfeld, gee, almost 30 years ago at this point. Right. Like, like no, that Jerry they, Seinfeld, or not that Jerry Seinfeld, that George Costanza had like a, I don't know what it was. Well, it was brilliant. It's it a character was, you can't replace. Exactly. So it's it's interesting that something is percolating. Uh, I hope it, you know, I hope it comes sooner rather than later. Because at some point, these four characters, unless you're going to jump 30 years, and maybe that's what they do too, you know? Maybe they do it in real time. And after they got out of jail, maybe they didn't stay in touch. Maybe, you know, 
Do they keep going to Paris though? That's the, that's where it left off. Was that where they were going in the They were going to, to Paris? Paris. Kramer had some water in his ear. They were on the private jet that NBC sent them. Kramer tries to get the water out of his ear, falls into the cockpit. The plane nosedives down. That's where we all think Jerry and Elaine, something's going to happen because they're about to confess something to each other. Okay. And then the plane levels up. So it's like, yeah, never mind. Then they land in Latham, Massachusetts. They see the guy getting robbed. They laugh and videotape, and that's where the trial right. starts. Okay. And I, I worked with that guy. John Panette was the guy who uh, they were laughing at. And I worked with him a number of times. How, how's he nice feel about guy. it? Uh, well, he was he was the guy in the finale of Seinfeld. He loved it. It was a huge... So how was, come, how, he, you got to ask him. I know he's an actor, but how come well, he did... Well, he's passed away. Oh, well, how come he didn't press charges? <laughs> I think the easy answer is it wasn't in the script. But, but yeah, he was... Uh, I worked with him right after he had filmed it, before it came out. And um, he was very, uh, you know, sweet guy. Very, 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 very talented. But, yeah, that was, you know, you don't, you don't get much bigger than that because this was before... This was before streaming services and everything, and and watching that thing live was a huge event. You know, the final Seinfeld was up there with the final mash and all of these. Got to um, love the final mash. Yes. No, Mike. We met. We brought up his. We Mike asked if we forgot uh, Kramer's rage at at the Laugh Factory. No, we've brought that up. We, I. That's why I mentioned. I wondered if he would be back. Um, you know. So, yes, we, did, but we didn't forget that, Mike. Yeah, see, now I forgot that whole... I, here's my thing. Well, like you said, it was almost 30 years ago. And I've seen Seinfeld a handful of times since. Um, but since I, don't, since I watched it all when it happened, I don't really seek it out. And I haven't gone on a rewatch like some shows. Like now I'm in the middle of a rewatch of Justified. Um, but I didn't do a rewatch of Seinfeld. And I forgot about the whole plane thing at the beginning. To me, all I'm remembering about the finale is from them laughing at John Panette to the final shot of them, the four of them in the cell, having the conversation about nothing. Well, that trial was legendary. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what Jerry was saying that they brought back everybody who had stood out on the show. But that was the great because that was a good throwback, run. and then you see all the characters interacting while they're waiting for the verdict. Well, and, hey, you can never. You never get enough soup Nazi or putty. Well, putty and then... Or poppy. That, low talker, yep. Mabel Choate, Marble <laughs> Rye. Um, what's his name? Terry Hatcher. Yes. They're real and they're spectacular. Bookman, Joe Bookman. Yeah. <laughs> played by Philip Baker Hall. Uh, Jackie Child. He was a lawyer, but Jackie Childs. Yes, Jackie to, Childs. The witnesses of Seinfeld. Yes. It was, it was great. Uh, for the 414, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm was great on HBO with Larry David. Yes, and we never know if Curb Your Enthusiasm is done. That's the beauty. Curb could Curb could be coming back one more time. Um, so now, Matt doesn't Matt doesn't remember the uproar over the finale, but let's talk a little bit about finales if you want. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Some series finales that you will never forget. It's the old National Bank Talk. at text line is 855-616-1620. I said that already. I'm going to put my head on my desk while we do this on WTMJ Nights.
Pips. I haven't heard that theme in a while. Seinfeld going into MASH. Two huge finales. Uh, we're talking about this because Jerry Seinfeld has hinted that something may be coming. Uh, he said something is going to happen that has to do with the ending. Hasn't happened yet. And just what you are thinking about, Larry and I have also been thinking about it. So you'll see. Now, Matt was a uh, Matt was not born, which makes me feel very old when Seinfeld's finale aired on TV. And you were shocked, Matt, when I said it was not well received. Now, I will tell you this, that it was one of the... It was the first time in television history that a 30-second spot on a show sold for a million dollars. Um, the uh, Only a Super Bowl had gotten that money before Seinfeld. So they were, there was big, big hype around this, like I told you. Uh, 76.3 million people watched the finale. It was the fourth most-watched overall series finale in the U.S. after MASH. Cheers and the Fugitive. Uh, the next day, though, uh, boy, the negative reviews started flowing in. Entertainment Weekly called it offbeat and bloated. Um, there were uh, Larry David has defended it, saying it was great, but in Time, uh, an article in Time said most viewers considered it downright awful. And noted that the Seinfeld reunion during the seventh season of Curb Your Enthusiasm was viewed by a lot of people as an attempted do-over. Uh, Jerry was on Curb Your Enthusiasm and um, said, we already screwed up one finale. But then Larry said, no, we didn't screw up the finale. It was a good finale. Uh, David said that if he were to redo it, he would have kept the plot of the series finale less of a secret. Then in the last top ten list on The Late Show with David Letterman, Julia Louis-Dreyfus jokingly criticized the episode uh, and thanked Letterman for letting her, quote, take part in another hugely disappointing series finale. So this wasn't just me saying people didn't like it, Matt. A lot of people didn't. But we're so we're kind of moving into finales, TV finales that you really Love, they've stuck with you. Now, I mentioned MASH, and I was in college when MASH, uh, when the MASH finale came. And again, this was, you know, this was before, uh, before anything was really on cable, like MTV and stuff was on there. But, uh, so everybody was watching network television. And I remember there was a huge party that I went to to watch the MASH finale. And it, was, it wasn't it was a party where it's kind of like on in the background. This was a party where everybody was having a good time, and the show came on, and there wasn't a, a voice in the apartment. And then commercial would come, and everybody would talk or run to the bathroom, but we were all back. So MASH was one of, uh, one of the ones that I remember all the time. And uh, a couple of shows, you know, I, did, I remember doing the same thing for Cheers, when, you know, in the final shot, when Sam is alone behind the bar and somebody comes down the stairs and he says, we're closed. Uh, and I remember that was on NBC. You know, they had a big, they made a, such a huge thing of it because it was one of their top shows. And there was a live thing in Boston outside of the bar that it was uh, based on. So I remember that one being great. Another one for me is NYPD Blue. 
Uh, I watched that show religiously, and in the final episode, in the finale, where one of the greatest TV characters, in my opinion, ever, Andy Sipowitz, is now in charge, and he, you know, is talking to two young detectives, and then they leave, and it's just him now in the squad room that he had uh, occupied for 11 seasons. But I want to hear from you, too, 855-616-1620. Breaking Bad, this is from the 414, with the machine gun on the garage door opener, ending with the song Baby Blue. Breaking Bad had a good finale, too. Uh, another 414 number. One finale I can't get over is The Sopranos. There's another one that was debated like crazy after it was done. Uh, text goes on, if you've seen the show, you know that it is an emotionally confusing ending. Yeah, you'll never know what actually happens to Tony. It always comes back to me when I hear Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, I can't remember. I've seen interviews with David Chase, who created The Sopranos and wrote it, and I think he did say that Tony dies, that the cut to black was was the bullet. Uh, Jeff from Fox Point, my favorite series finales were The Shield and Breaking Bad. I think the worst series finale of all time was Lost. Dexter used to be the worst, but they improved it by adding another season. Lost and Dexter I never watched. The Shield, Jeff, I will agree. That was another show that I watched uh, every episode. And I like the ending because... Nobody won. All the people that, even though you had rooted for these anti-heroes throughout the show, well, their bad deeds caught up with them. I don't want to spoil it. If you're ever going to, uh, if you're ever going to do a rewatch, I did a rewatch on the Shield during uh, COVID. That was one of the first ones that I rewatched. Hey Brian, uh, I remember your days at the other state. Thank you. What about the finale of the Fugitive? I was not around for the finale of the Fugitive. Was that maybe the first series to resolve itself at the end? It was a huge thing at the time. Yeah, it was one of the, you know, again, as I mentioned before, Seinfeld became one of the top four finales between MASH, Cheers, and The Fugitive. Uh, Some say you are old. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. It, I'm trying not to be, but it's it's too late. Uh, somebody say, that. yeah, there's a Frasier reboot coming out on Friday. I'm not sure, you know, I don't know. Without without um, Niles and the dad, I don't know how it's going to be. I may get a, give it a look. I don't know. Uh, great endings, Sopranos, ER, Mad Men, The Cosby Show, so many wonderful endings to amazing stories where the characters stay with you to this day. I watched all of those shows. I'm I, Boy, I can't. See, here's the thing. I can't remember the ER finale. I kind of remember the Mad Men finale, not great. The Cosby Show, I don't remember. And I watched I watched all those shows. I watched every episode. But there's some that just, I guess, stick with you more than others. Bob Newhart. That was, Bob Newhart was, well, was that, that was not the Bob Newhart show. It was just Newhart, the one where he was at the, uh, where he's the innkeeper. The one where he was up in New Hampshire or wherever it was, and he had the inn. And then the the final shot is him waking up with Suzanne Plachette, who played his wife in the first Bob Newhart show. That was that was a great twist. Uh, Peter says my two favorite very creative TV series finales were Newhart, which we just talked about, um, and Saint Elsewhere. Yes, 
St. Elsewhere, same kind of thing. Uh, are these shows that you've ever seen, Matt, or heard of? The only ones on this list that I've seen or heard of, we obviously have three of the big four. Seinfeld, right. MASH, Cheers. you got to love Cheers. Everybody knows your name. Everybody, Yes, everybody knows your name. Everybody loves Cheers. Norm! But then you got the more modern ones that are on my list. you got the Big Bang Theory, Modern Family, eventually Modern Family when Young finale. Sheldon ends. I didn't, I never, I only watched the Big Bang Theory like in syndicated reruns and only occasionally. So I didn't watch that or Young Sheldon. It's good. Young Sheldon obviously is in the cement mixer with all the other shows right now, uh, trying to figure out what's going on with that. But um, the Big Bang Theory, I thought it was good. It tied a bunch of loose ends. It also kind of flipped the show on its head by having some realization in the show. And so I give it a B plus if I were to grade it. Okay. It's not bad. I think Seinfeld was better compared to Big Bang Theory. Well, I, I'd say that. I would, I would hope so. I'll say that. Uh, but St. Elsewhere, this was a show about a hospital in Chicago, and like Denzel Washington was on it. This was a it was a big show. Howie Mandel was on it. Um, all before they became you know huge names, and the ending turned out that one of the doctors had an autistic son. And he had a snow globe with the St. Allegis Hospital in it, and the whole thing was in his. They made it seem like the whole show had been a creation of his mind and wow. his, his imagination. Yeah, it was it was crazy because he's just sitting there with this snow globe, and there's the hospital inside, and you're like, oh, this kid, this kid imagined the whole thing. And in the opener, they didn't even. Have like a zoom nope. in shot? Nope. There was nothing. There was nothing throughout the whole series that would have made you think that it wasn't like ER came later, but you know, a quote unquote realistic drama. You never saw you never saw this twist coming, which made it which made it memorable to uh to Peter and to millions of other people who went, Oh my god, that is crazy. Um West Wing, not a bad finale, not bad. but a show I could have kept watching, according to 913. Um, was Dallas the ending with the guy getting shot? No, JR got shot in. JR got shot uh, somewhere in the middle of the series. And that became, <laughs> that became uh, you know, a huge cliffhanger over the summer. Again, when things were there were there weren't as many things to pay attention to entertainment wise and man the summer of who shot jr that was crazy it was on the cover of uh, magazines everybody was talking about it it became it became the talk of the summer who shot jr um 414 our lives have come have come to reality tv no future great endings rip oh i hope not i hope there's still stories that have a great ending um that would be I would hate to think that that's uh that's the case but you know, there is a lot of reality TV I still I still love the amazing race that's my that's that's my reality TV it's a great and show like I, it, the the amazing grace uh, the amazing grace the amazing race is fantastic there's nothing about that this season there's normally there's uh Normally, there's a number of teams that I can't stomach. 
This season, there's only, I think, one or two teams that I, I don't like. So there's a lot of teams that I'm rooting for. And if nothing else, it opens the window to countries that you've probably never seen before. And I, I know it's that, That's on my bucket list. I want to compete on that one day. Ooh. Who would you go with? Who would you want to be your partner? It depends. because It depends on what my objective is. Is my objective to win the thing or is my objective to be with someone who is like close? Why would why would your objective be anything but to win the million dollars? Then I got to go. I know a couple people. One of my college roommates, very smart, very worldly, is also part of the Army National Guard. So okay. he's very physically fit. Huh? So okay. uh, he might be my top choice. Is he good? At, and you said he's good at problem solving. Very good at problem solving. The only thing is. He he knows a lot about the world, but he hasn't been outside the country. Okay. So the jet lag and all the travel aspects could be the weak point. Yeah, but a lot of people on the race haven't been outside the country. So uh, that I, that that you know that might not hurt you too bad. What do you do? You have a unique story because they they want the hook. They don't want college roommates. Oh, college roommates is good. Was there? Did he save your life? Did he? Uh, Make out with your sister? Is there something that's, uh, you know, some hook? We need a, as a producer, we need a hook, Matt. I'm thinking of a hook. I'm, I, you got me thinking down memory lane all the way back four yeah. years and then, then into the past four years. There you go. There, there are a few things that we could, we could say as a hook. All right, that's good. Plus, you have a media, uh, you know, sports, uh, sports background with the minor league teams and stuff. That would be interesting for people. Uh, especially if there's a challenge where it's, you know, high lie or cricket or some, uh, some game that I can't High lie even... is a great sport. Fantastic sport. High lie is a crazy, crazy fast sport. But you might have, you know, that might be good for you if you have to, you know, if you have to learn how to call some contest somewhere. It's, uh, I love that. That's a, that's a reality show for the ages. I love it. All right, let's do this because we're behind. We've got to take care of a little business. Then we've got some, oh, ladies, you have taken over the spotlight of bad behavior and a candy that is banned. A lot to get to. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. A few minutes left. We're going to leave bad girl behavior for tomorrow because we have a lot of uh, a number of stories because a lot of times we focus on guys doing stupid things especially the florida man stories tomorrow night is part of the program uh we have florida woman doing something and then a woman uh borrowing something for the wildest excuse but before we say good night i this is all right you all saw the story last week about the candy that was being recalled that looks like the roller it looks like a deodorant with the uh, ball that rolls, and there were, so all these candies were recalled. Well, now a story is coming out of uh, Massachusetts, and they are they are calling for a ban on another form of Halloween candy, and not because we're being warned. You know, we're always warned. Oh, watch your kids' candy. Now I watch my daughter's candy every year for I don't know, let's say ten years was her trick or treat career. Uh never anything. In the candy, I don't know if I don't know if people have ever really found anything in the candy. Matt, you trick or treated as a child. Was there ever a needle, a razor blade, uh, anything untoward in your Halloween candy? Not for me personally, no. 
Do you know? Do you know firsthand of somebody who's had that? Oh experience? yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Actually, first Jack hand, would like, like to wait. Like, Jack is ready to do the news in like six minutes, but he likes to weigh in. Did, did all right? Did Jack have something like this happen to him? I did not, but I had something even worse happen. I had a Twizzler show up in many a candy bag, and that's even worse, man. It depends. Now, if you're my wife, you're taking the Twizzlers. She loves the Twizzlers. I'm all about chocolate for Halloween. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I found out recently my mom would steal all of our almond joys when we went to school from our candy bags. I was like 21 when I found that out. I'd never felt so betrayed. Oh, I did that. My daughter didn't like, I knew she didn't like coconut. And I love almond <laughs> joys. Oh, so those man. came right to me. It's Mounds, like Jimmy Kimmel. Joys. Jimmy well, Kimmel? No, I, I left her her candy. <laughs> I just knew what she wasn't going to eat. Plus, my daughter was one of these kids who liked to hoard her candy. Like She loved getting it. She didn't really like to eat it. So uh, at Easter, we'd have to throw out her Halloween candy. And then oh. at, uh, at Labor Day, we'd have to throw away her Easter candy. Because she wanted it. She wanted to have it. But she didn't. Well, quickly, <laughs> Massachusetts has banned all candies that have liquor in it. Do we really need to do that? Now, I used to give those out to the adults. The little chocolate liquor bottles, but uh, never to a kid. But, uh, Jack, I'm sorry you got Twizzlers. And, uh, you know, I didn't mean to trigger you, Matt, with uh, eating my daughter's almond joys. But you both have to deal with your disappointment because the show is over and we have to go. Uh -huh. But I know. Have no fear. We'll be back tomorrow night at 6. Thank you for listening and being part of the program. Matt, thanks, as always, for your help. Jack, have a good uh, newscast. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow night. News is next after this on WTMJ.